to have Betsy with us today on the flute, and always to have the chancel choir. But the bells, did you see that cool thing they did? That was like really awesome. Thank you so much. So today, the scripture passage comes from the first chapter of Acts, beginning at the first verse. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them with many convincing proofs, appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? Then Jesus, who had been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O God, to the word just read and the words to come, that they might point to our risen Lord. Amen. American singer-songwriter Tom Petty once said, the waiting is the hardest part. Does anyone find it hard to wait? Probably all of us do. And I wondered why. Why have we become so impatient? Why does it feel like such an onerous burden to wait for anything? So I did a Google search on waiting, and I got 1,250,000,000 hits in 0.88 seconds. In less than one second, I had more information at my fingertips than I could ever use. Of course, when I was a kid, if I wanted to know something about waiting, I had to wait for my mom to drive me to the library so I could look it up in an encyclopedia. In our Instapot, Instagram, instant gratification culture, I suppose how patient or impatient we are might depend a little bit about what we're waiting for. I was thinking about our graduating seniors here just waiting for this moment, many of whom were in this eighth grade confirmation picture, some of whom I have known since they were babies, many of whom I have watched grow up in our church. So this is a special day for me and a special day in the life of our congregation to be able to celebrate this important milestone with you and with your families. So I thought we would start today 
by talking about the hard things to wait for along the journey of life. As a baby, my goodness, you couldn't wait a minute for a bottle, wailing at the top of your lungs. Soon, you're in preschool, where it's hard to wait just for your turn on the swings. In elementary school, can you remember how hard it was to wait for your birthday or Christmas morning? In middle school, how about waiting to get your braces off or just for middle school to be over with? In high school, how about still waiting to get your braces off or to hear if you made the team or waiting to hear back from the college that you really wanted to attend? As a, in college, we find it hard to wait to hear for, from the potential job offer that we might be getting or to be accepted into graduate school. As a young adult, it's hard to wait for just that right person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Or for the young married couple, it's hard to wait for that ultrasound that was ordered by the doctor because there's concern about your baby's health. Jumping to middle age, I know there was one person in our household who could not wait for the last kid to leave for college. I'll let you guess who. <laughs> We've also learned, though, that it is hard to wait for a diagnosis. As we get older, sometimes just waiting for the doctors at each appointment is tough, or waiting for the pain to subside. We often wait for the reason to come back into our heads as to why we stepped into a room. When we, <laughs> yeah, wait for it. <laughs> when we are lucky enough to get really old, we are half waiting for someone to take away our car keys and to move us into an assisted living facil facility. <clears throat> we wait for our loved ones to visit. Yes. The waiting is the hardest part. Now, I imagine to be waiting for something good is tough, but at least it's tinged with excitement and anticipation. Whereas to wait for the potential bad news, like the results from a biopsy, is so much heavier, filled with the weight of worry and anxiety. So today, we read from the first chapter of Acts, and as you know, Acts is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke. These two books by the same author make up about one-fourth of the New Testament. In Luke, we read about the life of Jesus. In Acts, the life of the church. But we get Jesus at the very beginning of Acts. Jesus has been with his disciples for 40 days, assuring us all that Jesus is good and alive, resurrected from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. And now it's time for Jesus to go back up to God. And as we just heard, Jesus ordered his disciples to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait. And just what were they waiting for? Is it something good or something scary? Jesus begins by talking about their upcoming baptism. Now, the way Jesus was baptized by John was probably a little bit scary. Did any of them even know how to swim? I don't, I don't know, but they were in the middle of the Jordan River going all the way under, symbolizing the death to all that was old and being brought up and reborn into new life. I think this cartoon by David Hayward captures the potential scariness in a silly way. 
In seminary, it took Fred several tries and numerous volunteers before he got the hang of baptism. But it's not scary for the way we baptize over at the font with something a little closer to a sprinkle and less of an open water dunk. Baptism is such a special moment in the life of the church, another important milestone. We are all invited to remember our baptism and how the sacrament represents God's expansive and inclusive love of all of us before we were even born, before we could even respond. Little seven-week-old Vera Lynn is being baptized in the 11 o'clock service this morning, wearing the same dress worn by her mother and her grandmother at their baptism. This is a holy event where we say yes back to God for claiming us. As we remember our baptisms, we know that we are not only claimed and loved by God, but also that God will never, ever let us go. That's the amazing grace of God. So Jesus tells them and us this is a special baptism. Light on the water, heavy on the Holy Spirit. And just who is this promised Holy Spirit? I have often thought about the Holy Spirit as a comforter, Jesus with me, holding my hand. I learned that the Holy Spirit comes from the Latin word fortis, which means brave. The comforter is the one who fills us with courage and strength. I like how Brene Brown, a research professor at the University of Houston, captures the tension of the uncomfortable yet life-giving link between courage and strength and vulnerability. She says, strong back, soft front, wild heart. We have the need for the strong back of courage and strength. But without the soft front of vulnerability to be seen, to love and be loved, we miss the whole point of Jesus. So it sounds like the Holy Spirit is not going to take away the danger of hard things, but rather equip us for it. The Spirit doesn't solve our problems, but tapping into our wild hearts invites us to see possibilities that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Rather than remove our fear, the Spirit grants us courage to move forward. Rather than promise safety, the Spirit promises God's presence. Keep in mind that after the Spirit is given to Jesus at his baptism, it immediately drives him out into the wilderness. That's the Spirit they're waiting for. It sounds both good and scary to me. So, the disciples wait. They wait in anticipation. They wait with a bit of fear and trembling. They wait to be ready for where God leads them. I first heard the story of the poised harpooner by Eugene Peterson in a sermon that Dr. McConnell preached some time ago. In Moby Dick, there is a turbulent scene in which a whaleboat scuds across a frothing ocean in pursuit of the great white whale, Moby Dick. The sailors are laboring fiercely, every muscle taut, all attention and energy concentrated on the task. The cosmic conflict between good and evil is joined, chaotic sea and demonic sea monster versus the morally outraged man, Captain Ahab. In this boat, however, 
There is one man who does nothing. He doesn't hold an oar. He doesn't perspire. He doesn't shout. He is languid in the crashing and the cursing. This man is the harpooner, quiet and poised and waiting. And then this sentence, to ensure the greatest efficiency in the dart, the harpooners of this world must start to their feet out of idleness and not out of toil. To do big and important things, our first move may be to simply wait, to pray, to listen to God for clarity and encouragement and strength. In times of waiting, I love to use the 10th verse of Psalm 46 as a breath prayer. Be still and know that I am God. When I breathe through this verse prayer over and over again, it settles my mind and my body, and it helps me to be in a better posture of listening. It can even help me to get into a better posture of behaving. I actually used this breath prayer just last week, waiting in a long line at a store that was clearly understaffed and seemingly under, with seemingly undertrained personnel. Not that I'm judging, but I was trying to calm my body and my mind while begging Jesus to please show up so I could eke out a drop of kindness rather than the rage that was building up inside of me. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. You might try it sometime. It helped. If we allow it, waiting can be a time of preparation, preparing our hearts and our minds and even our bodies. This is true of an elderly woman in Sarasota who used her season of waiting to prepare for something she hoped and prayed that she would never have to face. One day she was leaving Publix with her bags of groceries and she saw four men getting into her car. She dropped her bag, she drew her handgun, and with all the courage she could muster, she yelled, get out of my car, I've got a gun and I know how to use it. The four men must have believed her because they didn't wait for a second threat. They ran away as fast as they could. She grabbed her groceries and she put them in her back seat and she was so shaken that she couldn't get her car started. In fact, she was so shaken that she couldn't even get her keys in the ignition. She tried and she tried and then she realized why. It was the same reason she had wondered why there was a football and a frisbee on the floor in her car. A few minutes later, she found her own car parked a few spaces farther down. She was still shaking when she drove her car to the police station to report her mistake. The sergeant who heard the story couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> he pointed to the other end of the counter where four pale men were reporting a carjacking. <laughs> by a mad elderly woman described as white, less than five feet tall, glasses, curly hair, and carrying a large handgun. <laughs> no charges were filed. True story, I'm told. Presumably, the Holy Spirit could have come immediately after Jesus' ascension back to God. But God waits. Rather, God has Jesus' followers wait. I like to think that in this waiting, they learn or they begin to learn that they are to be a responsive community, 
a community that waits upon God to initiate. Whether they walk back to Jerusalem from the ascension with eager energy or paralyzing fear, we do not know. All we do know is that the first great act of the apostles occurs when they hike back to Jerusalem and wait. As the disciples waited, they prayed and undoubtedly reflected on the reason Jesus had given them for receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is this, to be his witness. Jesus gives them and us and our graduates our marching orders. You will receive a power from the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Florida I don't even have a kid graduating this year. <laughs> in Massachusetts and Michigan, in Louisiana and North Carolina, and to the ends of the earth. So what exactly is a witness? The Greek word for witness is martis, which is the same word for martyr. So being a witness sounds like it has the potential of being hard, loyalty, no matter what the cost. But that's okay. Because with God's help, I know we can do hard things. As important as words are, I wonder if being a witness might be demonstrated more clearly, might be more authentic and more compelling with our actions rather than with our words. William Barclay writes, When H.M. Stanley had discovered David Livingstone in Central Africa, and when he had spent some time with him, he said, if I had been with him any longer, I would have been compelled to be a Christian, and he never spoke to me about it at all. The sheer weight of the witness of this man's life was irresistible. The sheer weight of the witness of this man's life was irresistible. For our graduates and for us, we don't know what the future holds. We do know there will be accomplishments and setbacks, victories and defeats, joys and sorrows, triumphs and tragedies on a personal, communal, national, and global scale. The Holy Spirit has been sent among us so that we know that in all of these things, God will be with us comforting, celebrating with, and helping us to be both strong and soft, reminding us that we are never alone and that he never lets go. And the Holy Spirit will also be preparing us, preparing us to be God's witness of good news, preparing us to comfort others, preparing us to work for peace, preparing us to live with less fear and more generosity preparing us to look out for the rights of others, preparing us to strive for a more just community and world. The need is everywhere. The Spirit is here. What are you waiting for?